Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, it's girl power time, right? It is, it is. Just you and I. Yep. Just you and I. Dewey is out uh, training today. He is. We yes. have had a busy fall season. Yeah. A very busy fall season. Um, but... That's good, right? It is good. Keeps for us. That's good. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that we have this opportunity to chat today. Um, This is the beginning of a brand new series. uh, And this series is going to be really focused on a particular what we call composite scale of the emotional intelligence assessment called the EQI 2.0. So you all have probably heard us talk a lot about this on previous podcast episodes. This assessment is, well, I'm might be a little biased, but it's one of my favorites. And it might be because we're both certified in right. it and, and we know the power of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I ever would have looked at the depth of my emotional intelligence at this level had this not had been introduced to me. And so it's a really powerful tool. It is powerful. It makes something that, you know, uh, seems abstract, very tangible, very concrete, very manageable mm-hmm. um, and something you can dialogue about easily when everybody is speaking out of the same you know, playbook. So it's it's a nice tool. Absolutely. You know, and what's interesting about this one, we've taken a lot of personality assessments and a, a lot of we do that here at MTI, right? Whether we're getting certified in it ourselves, but we also see the power in in knowing more about ourselves, that level of self-awareness uh, as a team. And um, this one was the first one that really hit kind of a, a deep place for me because you do start really looking at some of those internal thoughts mm-hmm. and uh, and then how it's externally affecting you and the environments that you're in. What was your initial take when we went through the EQI assessment? Um, it You know, for me, nothing surprised me mm-hmm. about myself. So I, I think it was it was affirming. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I said, you know, it kind of gives you a place to start because if you think it's everything that you need to change, you know, realizing maybe it's one thing and it it will impact other areas right. of your emotional intelligence. Right. I have to wonder, too, knowing, um, you know, you have experience on me in, in this particular realm and world. <laughs> and when you talk about I, you know, I, I was pretty assured and I, I didn't know, didn't really learn anything I didn't already know about myself in that space. Um, what was interesting to me is I, I felt like I learned so much to a point where it, it uh, I internalized it a lot. And it took me a while, I think, to overcome that and, and to recognize, okay, let's look at this again and let's start thinking of how it is actually uh, applying in my day to day. And when I think of other uh, professionals in my age range. I actually just heard this in a training session the other day. It's like, I I don't feel confident, you know, moving into this business realm. And I, I, I don't know, I guess thinking back, Ray, because you've always struck me as a very confident person, but I, I've only known you in the five years I've been here at MTI. <laughs> um, is that true? And how has that kind of developed for you as, as the experiences there? Yeah, you know, I I am. I mean, I feel confident. That doesn't mean that I don't catch myself, you know, maybe not stepping up because of that little internal judge mm. in my own head. Mm-hmm. But for me, confidence is 
just understanding my capabilities and whether that's my capability to succeed in this task. Like I know I can accomplish this task. The other part of that capability is I know if I don't, I'm capable to overcome it. Mm. And so that's my confidence mm-hmm. because um, my mom was a very candid, um, I obviously passed that down to me, but, um, and, and she did, you know, when I was growing up and of course, 25 years on you, but she was very honest. You know, she was like, you won't be able to do everything. You can't do everything. Mm -hmm. You can do what you are good at. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm five foot one, two and tennis shoes, you know, (laughs) Um, she's like, you're not going to be the volleyball player you think you're going to be kind of thing. You know, I mean, it was just kind of a reality check. And so for me, it wasn't hurtful. It didn't, you know, it was just like, okay, let's go do what I can what I can be good at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting the way that that our our upbringing, our experiences really kind of start dictating the way in which we think of, about things. Um, obviously, we know that the lens through which we operate. Uh, but specifically, as we kind of hone into this one area, and one of the things to note about the EQI 2.0, we're, you're going to hear us refer to composites and you're going to hear us refer to subscales. Uh, there are five composite areas that it focuses on, 15 total subscales scale. So three in each composite area. And um, what we're speaking about today, when we talk about this level of confidence, uh, we're really speaking to the self-perception composite. And so in your words, Ray, uh, tell me a little bit about how you look at the self-perception composite. Well, that composite really um, speaks about how do you view you? Mm hmm. How do you feel about yourself and your worth and your esteem? And so it it breaks down into those three subscales, as you mentioned, different areas of that idea of how you perceive yourself. And it, you know, going into different spaces like uh, the respect element, you know, and, and respect. We talk a lot about respecting outwardly, um, but how are we respecting ourselves inwardly? What are those voices saying? Um, where's that level of self-esteem? I mean, there there's so much that kind of goes into that, but there's three different, those subscales we referenced, um, self-regard, that's one of them, self-actualization, and then emotional awareness. Uh, so everything that happens internally. And what's interesting is when we we talk about that element of, of recognition and regulation, self and others, that's usually how we define a lot of emotional intelligence mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is truly that space of recognition mm-hmm. of self, right? spending time with yourself. And that's not always easy. For a lot of people. No, I mean, and, and it's reflected if people have, you know, maybe lower scores in their self-perception um, composite that might reflect that, you know, that they they don't view themselves in a favorable way or, you know, so they don't like to be alone. They don't like to right. think about that or, you know, it could just be generally, you know, lack of awareness from just not knowing or ever being asked to kind of think about yourself in that way. Well, that's not that's not human nature, right? Or or at least societal nature, because I, I've heard so many times, especially when I'm talking with supervisors and I'm asking them to think about what is it you're bringing to the table and uh, what are your talents and your abilities? And they're like, oh, it's uncomfortable talking about myself. Yeah. Or, you know, I really honestly, I've I've heard um, over the year, you know, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, one guy actually said, well, I'll have to ask my wife. <laughs> you know, and, and again, it's not, you know. 
low intellect. It's just nobody ever put it to me that way. Or, you know, it can also be um, just lack of good feedback, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe because of uh, where your self-regard is or or your whole self-perception composite. You know, maybe you haven't entered into the most healthy relationships. And so relationships are truly a, a reflection of ourselves. It's an opportunity for us to learn about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not in a positive or healthy relationship, then you tend to reflect back less positive and introspective things. Or, you know, if somebody's telling you you're stupid or, you know, you'll never be worth anything, you know, then we come to believe that because, well, it must be true. They're telling it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of helps develop our own sense. Mm-hmm. So it isn't always comfortable. And, you know, just to that point, I'm thinking about my 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 three year old at this point, you know, and we talk about the the fears I have as a parent is probably every parent listening to this has when you consider the peer pressure of somebody else hearing that and recognizing the amount of internal impact it can have. That's a scary place. <laughs> it's a lot of responsibility. It is. You know, and, and here's the thing. It, you're not perfect. You're going to say something yeah. that's, you know, going to be hurtful. But the underlying thing is, you know, it, it comes from a place of love. And, you know, there's there's tolerance and forgiveness in love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I didn't always say the right things to my kids, but, you know, they're OK. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. And, you know, I think we can always adjust too. like, you know what, I I probably didn't say that the best way, mm-hmm. you know, and, and again, that's an opportunity for them to be like, oh, you know, this is honest dialogue here. This is, right. you know, admitting, you know, what you're not doing right. Again, I think uh, self-perception allows you to go, oh, I screwed up. Well, that'll be OK. I'll, you know, redo or I'll overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And some people go into a place of shame. Yes. Yes. And I think, I mean, that probably speaks specifically to that space of, of self-regard. Um, when we're really thinking of which subscale uh, is that, to me, that's all self-regard. So let's talk a little bit about that particular one. And we mentioned already the element of self-esteem and of confidence. I mean, that's really what we're honing into when we think of self-regard. You know, someone who, when we look at uh, having a lower level of self-regard, for example, you know, probably a lot more modest. Is that a good word for it? Yeah, you know, I could be. Um, you know, I think definitely a lower self-regard might indicate that this person puts other people first. Mm. Like they don't feel that their input would be notable or or worthy um, or, you know, well, they're going to be more right than me. So I think sometimes that's what we see in low self-regard is they don't speak up for themselves or they don't inject in a place where it might be appropriate to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Put put other people out there first. Whereas kind of the opposite side of that, someone who maybe is a little bit more has a higher level of self-regard, we're going to see those spaces of kind of self-assured assuredness a lot more and are going to be able to probably set those appropriate boundaries, I'll even call them sometimes. Well, again, I mean, that that depends. You know, if I think too highly mm-hmm. of myself, maybe I don't regulate yeah. enough. You know, like, of, of course, you want to hear what I have to say. I have something to say about everything, you know, and yeah. I'm always willing to try this and do that. You know, and it's kind of like, ooh, take a pause, you know, like, let's just put a pin in that, like, stop talking. And maybe the other person would, you know, kind of thing. So I think it can, you know, we can overuse sure. Our, sure. our sense of self um, and how good we feel about ourselves or how confident we feel about ourselves. But so there's always an element of regulation, whether, you know, it's a it's a high 
high or low. Mm -hmm. There's a balance there, right? There's a balance there. And um, what's interesting to me, and, and I actually really value this on our team, in full transparency, when we took this assessment for the first time, uh, this particular subscale was the lowest for me. And it was in a, a relatively high space for you. And I I learned from that, number one, who I can go to right? <laughs> <laughs> when I'm needing that boost of confidence and things. Uh, um, but it, it was interesting as we started processing that as a team. I'm assuming it probably wasn't a surprise to you. No. Okay. Mm -mm. How do you see, and we can even use myself as an example, or if we talk about anyone in general in the workplace, how do we see that impacting the workplace and what we can do, um, what that individual's success looks like or what the team's success together looks like as a result of maybe a lower space of self-regard? Yeah, you know, and we can speak it from both angles, yeah. you know, and how it, how it does play out on our team. You know, I think as leaders, you know, valuing the ideas of others, you know, that diversity of thought is so powerful and giving space and honoring people's way of delivering that information. So somebody, you know, who might be struggling in that area or might not be, you know, within that mid range, um, might not weigh in, might not share some of those ideas, may not um, apply for a job that they're absolutely qualified and, and, you know, perfect for their growth and development. So that's where I see it in a workspace, mm -hmm. you know, that maybe they're not not weighing in um, or not applying for job, you know, like going for that promotion or not setting any even achievable goals, if goals at all, especially if, um, you know, the other the other composite is that self-actualization, mm -hmm. you know, and pr the pursuit of something that's meaningful. Right. right and right. so if that's struggling as well, then, you know, they they just take the back seat. Right. And we're going to we're going to chat more about the self-actualization yeah. subscale next week. So be sure to tune in for that. Um, we're going to work through this entire composite, you know, because it, it really is a powerful one. Uh, and I do think I want to go back to to something that you had said at the beginning. You mentioned some people just not being um, aware, like not knowing, just not knowing where where <laughs> am I? I haven't spent time in that space. And I have to wonder sometimes and tangent here, maybe even soapbox. I don't know. But uh, we are inundated with messages. And I think you and I have had these these conversations before, right? There's stuff always happening. And it seems like as a society, we tend to distract ourselves a lot. We're busy all the time. So I don't even want to say it's necessarily a negative distraction, but it's just we keep ourselves busy. So actually being intentional and spending some time in this space to getting to know yourself and to recognizing what are some of those elements of self-talk could that be beneficial or what other strategies work for you knowing that you already had a higher level of self-regard? Um, how do you maintain that? I guess, you know, I, I think feedback is a lot of it. I think, you know, if somebody hasn't taken that journey of, of introspection, it could be that they just don't know to think about their thinking. And so I think raising their awareness that this is self, self-awareness um, is like the place and the the heart of all emotional intelligence. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think through my growing into um, positions, you know, the more you could um, bounce ideas off of other people and then notice responses and impact and what's working and what's not working. Right. So I don't know, honestly, if you could do it in isolation. Right. 
Um, I'm not a real big fan of the idea. Well, I just need to work on myself and, you know, I'm not going to date or, you know, I'm not going to, you know, go out and have these friendships. I just need to work on me. And I'm like, but how do you work on you alone? You know, mm-hmm. like, um, because we learn so much about ourselves by the interaction with others, the outside world. Sure. Um, and so I, I, I know you can like uh, aspire and you can think about your thinking, that metacognitive space, but... <laughs> How do you know that's effective or in what environment will that work for you? When do you get time to test it? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I I feel like it doesn't work in isolation and you really have to be in a space where, you know, you can get some feedback. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting <laughs> statement, because I think back to when we I first started here and I remember uh, something that you had said, and I'm probably not going to speak to it exactly, but <laughs> it was around uh, the idea that you kind of are who you associate with. And I think even at one point we, I'd even heard something, you know, you lay with the dog, you get the fleas or something <laughs> like that. And, and I was like, Ooh, what a visual. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but that was, that was, to me, was a very... Um, important piece to note, because exactly to your point, and you said at the very beginning, right, when we talked about what kind of forms this space of self-regard, it is pausing and taking a look around at who are you with all the time and mm-hmm. how are they feeding into that dialogue that hearing that, right, we have to test this with other people. Are they giving you that accurate mm-hmm. feedback? Right. <laughs> well, you know, in the in the moment without uh, true uh exposure to different environments, different people, you might come to believe that. And I know you and I have talked about previous relationships that even coming from a place of of absolute confidence and self-assuredness, you know, getting into a relationship that that didn't wasn't giving me that message. Right. And then I came to believe the other message. Right. So relationships are important. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important to because I, and you're right in that space when we had those conversations, there were people around me that saw it, mm-hmm. but never had that heart to heart kind of conversation, you know, or spoke to that space that I probably if I if it had been said to me would have come across a little bit different. Um I might have heard it, I guess, Mm -hmm. because everyone was too fearful of, you know, stepping on toes or, you know, let her be herself. But what I'm hearing us say here is we need that social support as individuals. Like you've got to have the delicate balance there. And so really ensuring that if you're seeing something like that, you know, you see something in somebody, say something, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I hate to go back to that, but that, that whole uh, see something, say something. But I mean it to the the best, you know, how often do we look at somebody and we we look for the things that they've done wrong or how to fix some behaviors that we'd like to see fixed? What if we caught people doing the right thing? Right. Right. You know, and at at the core, I I believe it makes sense. You know, we have kind of that I've heard it referred to, you know, as as lizard brain, that that basic brain of instinct to keep us safe. And so how much easier is it to accept a negative message about yourself, Um, especially when you have that little judge in your head saying you're not good enough? Mm -hmm. Um, And we all have that kind of insecurity. I mean, even the most confident person, you know, behind the, the curtain is like, Am I the am I the right person for this? You mm-hmm. know, it's, so it makes sense to me why 
you know, we might believe the negative messages more because of that lizard brain that's saying, you know, do what's safe, keep yourself safe. So maybe that's like not putting yourself out there keeps you safe. So it's not, you know, in, meant to be negative, but it's meant to be self-protection. Right. And so believing something that's not as rational or might appear to be more negative is in that space of trying to save self and mm. self-protect. It takes a lot of um, a lot of confidence to put yourself <laughs> out there. Right. <laughs> yeah, it does. And, you know, I'm always amazed. I love I, I love TV. I love TV. I love to watch TV um, and living alone so long. Like some, you develop a relationship with characters. So, you know, I liked always having TV on. But what, I love these um, like reality music shows or talent shows because those people are so nervous. Yeah. You know, they like, yeah. oh, I sing in my bathroom and then I put it on YouTube and now I'm on the biggest stage in, in America, you know? And it was like, wow, what, what are they overcoming yeah. to stand up there? And I think it's belief in their ability to do well. It's not necessarily, will all four of those judges vote for me? I, you know, it's belief in myself yeah. um, and my capability because that's huge mm -hmm. getting on a stage like that. And chances are every single one of them, as you see the backstage, right? Every, all the family and the support and the, the home rallies that they show. And, you know, that's, that's what we're talking about with that social push as well. And so thinking through, yes, that gumption to just get up there and do it. Um, but also having, having the support. So it's kind of two tiered. Yeah. I yeah. I, I, and I know we'll get to this in, in later composites, but you know, there is that idea of independence and being able to fortify yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that ties in. I mean, none of these subscales stand alone. Right. Absolutely. Right. You know, and, and we'll we'll make that point throughout. But, you know, it's nice to get that kind of candid feedback. Mm -hmm. But it, you have to be able to reflect on it. Mm -hmm. And I can't pin my value, my own self value on what you think of me. Mm -hmm. Like you, you might reflect back to me, you might give me feedback and I might go, Oh, I can see that in this situation. Or, you know, that might be a tendency for me, but what I am willing to accept about myself can't be dependent on what other people think, right? It, it's feedback, mm -hmm. but I get to decide what I do and I'm not at the will. And I think this is part of my self-regard. I'm not at the will of, you know, what she might think, what he might think, what social media might think. Um, and I heard somebody say this the other day in a, in a coaching session, and um, they were talking about being so afraid of what their boss would think of them, you know, if they were doing this. And the coach said, it's none of your business what she thinks of you. Hmm. And I, just, I was like, I got to sit with that for a mm -hmm. little bit. But I mm -hmm. thought, oh, my gosh, you know, you talk about the noise, mm -hmm. you know, the exterior, the external noise. Mm -hmm. I thought that was an interesting comment for her to make. Yeah. It is. And I mean, heck, even in these last these last few minutes here, we've been talking about this. I've even been reflecting myself because you're right. As I even thought about this conversation and I'm really emphasizing that space of, oh, the social support. And that's all I've known most of my life. Like and that probably does speak a little bit to uh, the space of self-regard personally for me. And as I shared, you know, being a little bit lower in that um, because everything I've always done has been dependent on other yeah. people. 
people. I mean, you're a competitor. It makes sense. You know, I get in the ring, you know, I need to win. When I win, I feel good. When I lose, I don't. Life is not always you know, one side or the other, right? There's a lot of gray in our life and especially in in leadership. And so then moderating that in-between space, you know, counting on yourself, right? right, To have that foundation so that you can balance in that space. Yeah. And it will be interesting as we we move into that self-actualization and we share some of our stories next week about that. (laughs) You'll see how you kind of sometimes lean on some subscales to really balance out some of the other subscales. Uh, and it really, friends, it is a, an intriguing report. Like I I know we, we have a lot of certifications here and um, this is just one of them. But if it is something that you're interested in taking, we offer an individual bundle. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you would do is essentially reach out to us. Let us know via email you're interested in doing that. We'll get you set up with the assessment and then we'll do a one hour coaching session afterwards mm-hmm. to go over your individual report. I found those rewarding. Like we do them with like our nailed mm-hmm. cohort. And uh, we've I know we've had some other individual uh, assessment coaching sessions we've done. It's always fun to have those because you see those moments. And I know you're a professional coach, right? Mm-hmm. But you see, for me, I see those moments of like the light bulb space of, of people recognizing where it's showing up and how it's playing out in their life. Yeah. Yeah. And reminding them and how many times do you have to do this? It's not a test. Exactly. Yes. You know, and I know when you talked about, you know, you making peace with your report. And I think because you are a high achiever and you are used to success, we attach a a meaning to that number Mm. and we get hooked on it. Right. And then we think, you know, a higher number means we did better. We're a better person. I was like, you can have a high emotional intelligence and really be a crappy human, you know, so um, just realizing it's it's not a test. Right. 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 It's It's a snapshot. You know, and we'll talk more about this, too, as we, you know, but I know some of the things I really encourage my clients to think through is not trying, not setting yourself up for failure in the sense of, oh, I see that number and I do know that's an area I want to develop in. And so development, sure, is it's natural. We all want to be better, you know, grow better. But realistically, as I'm thinking of my self-regard subscale, it will never be, you know, as high as yours is because of the amount of work and energy and things it would take to be able to do that. That's all I'd be able to do all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And so setting yourself up for realistic expectations as you kind of grow in that, that plan. And, you know, we can, we can change perspective by changing behaviors. Um, You know, ultimately the, the best and most sustainable um, change is change in beliefs, but Mm -hmm. um, in the moment recognizing I might not always say something in this meeting, but I'm actually going to say it or I'm going to find a way, you know, and kind of lean into that strategy that helps you communicate. And and again, then feedback happens as a result of that, that can kind of help, um, you know, fortify, you know, some more positive beliefs if that's what that person needs. Absolutely. What do we miss as we think about self-regard? Anything else you want to leave our listeners with final takeaway? No, you know, I, I do think a lot of it has to do with how you were spoken to growing up mm-hmm. um, because, you know, in the environment in which you were raised, what was the dialogue that was happening and how people were treating others and, and how you were being spoken to. And I think that's important to analyze and, and not that, you know, from a, you know, mommy issues kind of thing, but just recognizing, oh, that makes sense. You know, I heard a lot of that growing up. Mm-hmm. Um you know, yeah. and, and just giving space to it. Mm-hmm. 
and grace. Right. I think yeah. that's that's a big space and grace in that, especially I said, if it's just something, you know, you want to kind of work through, you got to take care of yourself first, mm-hmm. too. So with that, I want to thank you all for tuning in to this new series, uh, The Confident Professional. (laughs) (laughs) Your titles are always so good. Uh, Well, I appreciate that. That that seems pretty basic (laughs) to me, that one does. But uh, we're excited to bring you uh, three parts to the series. So next week, tune in as we talk about part two on uh, self-actualization. And um, that's interesting because I only recently found found out that it was part of Maslow's hierarchy. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to speak to that. Yeah. Uh, so tune in next week. If you have comments, questions, concerns, if you want to take that EQI 2.0 assessment, um, give us a call or shoot us an email at mti at missouri.edu. And until next time, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Peace.